Do you know what episode this is? This is 26. Okay. Welcome. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Zuri. My friends are here. Hers. Oh, this is Sad Girls Podcast. Should have said that before my name. Yes. Um, my name is Gwen and my pronouns are also she and her. And on episode 26, we are going to be talking about um, the Nate Parker rape case and, you know, the discourse on that and the interview that he recently gave about that. Um, this football chit Colin Kaepernick, um, who refused to stand up and, I don't know, do you have to sing along with the national anthem? And then it's a sort of general topic that has to do with recent things. So it's about body politics, specifically about post-baby bodies, but talking about um, Tiana Taylor. Oh, and this isn't about post-baby bodies, but also about Alicia, like, not wearing makeup thing. So before we get into that, we're going to just talk about what we've been listening to, reading, watching... And then how the legacy of colonization has been affecting us these past few weeks. Okay. I have been listening to, so firstly, it's two podcasts that I'm really enjoying. Three, actually, if you count Gilmore Guys, but I mentioned that last time, so not going to mention it again. But I've been listening to Radio Lab's More Perfect podcast, and it's part of the WNYC network of podcasts. And it's about Supreme Court cases, so you would think, like, that's boring, but I mm-hmm. really enjoy that podcast for some reason. And I first came to it because they did an episode on Fisher v. University of Texas. And if you know me, you know that I love affirmative action discussions and I love talking about diversity. So it was really interesting to me because they talked about that particular episode. They talked about that. And then um, I forget what the case was, but it was something about homosexuality in Texas. So they're Mm -hmm. Texas centric. Obviously, I'm a Texan, so I loved it. But then I also loved how they talked about the not only like the legal implications of the cases themselves but also the theatrics of it and how the cases kind of got to the supreme court and a lot of it had to do with like choosing the right person and like i don't know it was really interesting specifically in the fisher v texas where they chose like the guy who i don't know legal jargon but i guess attorney i don't really know but this person kind of like put up a casting call essentially for white people with like good grades or whatever who didn't get into UT. And so he basically was like, hey, like if you didn't get into UT, but you think that you should have gone into UT, like contact me. Like, I think we can, we have a case. (laughs) Um, So I just thought that was so interesting. And I'm like, this is crazy. And Abigail Fisher ended up being like the perfect person for their case in their eyes. And I'm just like, that's crazy. I didn't even know about that. So that's awesome. And then I've also been been listening to this other podcast called song exploder where it's really really short too it's like 10 minutes and normally i love to listen to like three hour podcasts but this one <laughs> is really really interesting it's about like each episode a musician kind of goes through the process of creating one song um and it's really good like I just highly recommend. And then, um, yeah, this one's about just like the methodology of creating a song. And I think it's so interesting to like learn about the creative process behind that because I never made music and I probably never will. So it's something that's really different than my experiences. And then I've been listening to a lot of like British rock and pop for some reason. I like it. So yeah, 
that's listening to and watching I'm still re-watching Gilmore Girls because it's just one of those shows that you can have on all the time and I never get bored of it but I also started watching um Hannibal another mm-hmm. great show I fully love it if you're interested if you like like the Hannibal Lecter character and that kind of realm then you'll probably like it it's like not very horry to me I mean it is kind of um but it's more like psychological thriller-esque mm-hmm. and I I'm super obsessed with that show right now. It's really great. It's beautifully done too. Like it's a very nice like theatrical show. Reading, I'm still reading the same books as usual because I don't finish books. And then how has the legacy of colonization affected me this week? I was thinking about like time a lot. Kind of like the literal passing of it, the meaning that we place on time passing, and then the ways in which time is used to reinterpret particular events. Um, kind of the, because I feel like time affects us, like not only because it's a thing that is constantly happening, but like the kind of weight or turn of it all, or the fact that I was thinking about this in like pop culture, in academia, where white people and white creations are parts of the canon always. And anything that comes after stuff is like, oh, this must have built off of that. Um, And generally, like, because of restrictions prior, POC stuff comes after, especially in, like, film or, like, the fact that, like, many of us weren't allowed to go to the university before and, like, publish things, like, stuff of that nature where, like, we physically could not get in and still to this day it's really hard to be in several, like, professional, etc. circles, creative circles. It's hard for us. Um, So our work is automatically built off of white people's stuff. And I don't know, it just gives me a lot of anxiety because I'm thinking about how we're supposed to be so I don't I'm also watching Gilmore Girls so much that like I'm thinking constantly about like white popular culture Mm -hmm. American white popular culture and how like you have to be so well versed into it in a lot of circles but at the same time like you can't really that's not your world and if something is kind of like made by POC for POC it's very like a niche it's like oh this isn't like part of the greater canon this is like a very especially in academia like oh like this is like black studies this is like post-colonial studies this is what this is because these are the people that are creating this content and that's like not entirely the case ever. And I don't know, I'm just like really stressed out about not being able to create enough or do enough in my lifetime to make up for the fact that we don't have that much. I don't know, like I'm not trying to say that POC creators haven't done great things, mm-hmm. but I just feel like there's so much more white things, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Maybe I'm like not looking what that well into stuff, but I just get like really anxious and I'm thinking a lot about when I was younger. And I love that quote where it's like, or that idea where it's like be who you needed when you were younger oh, yeah. and I like fully prescribe subscribe to that like I'm really into that because I needed so much when I was younger that wasn't like available for me and like real women have curves which is like one of the only like real representations of my upbringing that I really kind of associated with and related to is like still the only thing that mm-hmm. I can imagine like a young person like me mm-hmm. associating with if that makes sense so I'm just afraid that like I can't be there for like the younger generations and it's just like stressing me out and like I don't know so that's just what I've been thinking about recently and also how like modernity is always like seen as a even just thinking about like colonialism and imperialism it's always against POCs it's always against natives like you know that kind of idea where it's like oh like I don't know it just everything is tied together and I'm just stressed out (laughs) 
that's basically how the legacy <laughs> of colonization has affected me this week. Okay. I have been listening to... Well, this is like a week and a half late. So last week I was listening to more of DRAM. Like at first I was only obsessed with Cha-Cha, but now I'm obsessed with like all his music. I was still listening to Ray Schremer. But this week I was just listening to Frank Ocean, Blonde. I legally downloaded it because I was like, what if it's not good? I would say it is amazing. Um, and it's only $10 like in the iTunes store. And it, it's like a long album. It has like 18 songs. So I should have bought it realistically. Um, you should buy it, I guess, if you have money and you like want to hear it. It's really, really good. I was um, like on vacation this week. So I was on like a plane for many hours and also in transit like two airports for a long time and so even like before I had got it or heard any of the songs I was like this will like probably be good music for like being on a plane and I have just like travel anxiety and so I wanted like like have a good thing to listen to well I'm the kind of person who will just listen to like an album over and over and over and never get tired of it and that's like what I did with Lemonade and like Chance Rapper's album from this year which are two of my other favorite albums and so I feel like I'll just like continue to do that with Chance I'm not chance i mean frank ocean's album and i know that he also did like something called endless which is like a visual album a a lemonade i'm not really sure like what it is or like how to see it but i do want to see that if i can but i've just been listening to the album blonde so what am i i'm reading um like the new harry potter thing I think it's called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It's like a play. I think it it's like um a sequel, but like way, way in the future. I don't really even think that the author of Harry Potter wrote it, but I think that she's somehow a part of it. And it's um a play. It's like not. The thing is, because J.K. Rowling didn't write it, like it's kind of like a little fan fiction-y. I'm like, this is like weird. Like, why is this a product? But I actually, you know, she is like, there's like a picture in the back of like the author and then some other dude in jk rowling is in there so i feel like you know she's in some way a part of it but i'm still like this is not like the classic harry potter that i know and love um so not even giving it a chance to be honest but i only read 50 pages of it on the airplane so don't know like if it will be good or not i'm not like that into it yet and then i am watching so i watched a lot of like rupert Paul's Drag Race this week and America's Next Top Model. Um, I have like seen like some like really old seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it may, I don't know what season's on now. It's like an all-star season, but because I like haven't really watched it, it's not like I'm like, OMG, my favorite. Like I don't know any of them. So it's basically like a normal season. But um, I was watching a lot of that on vacation. Um, If anyone has been like following the our like summer episodes you know I talked about Big Brother a lot but I haven't seen it in weeks I'm about five episodes behind or more because you know it comes on like three or four times a week so probably not gonna watch it I am still following like what's happening on Twitter though but yes and then I'm that's all the media the thing is like we just decided to record this episode yesterday so I actually didn't think about how the legacy of colonization has been affecting me like in the week and a half I do think that the topics that we're going to talk about like all have to do with like some kind of colonial legacy another thing that I saw today it's like going back to school season for college kids and I guess younger but like who cares that's irrelevant um but just thinking about like college kids especially of color especially low income and just like their experience in colleges like I'm seeing things that just like remind me of what that's like today I was listening to like the another round episode from last week oh I don't know if it came out this Tuesday or last Tuesday but one of the people was talking about like being a 
black girl at a predominantly white college and just she it was like a really good it was um hannah georges she's like a writer oh, at yeah, my mm-hmm. and she was saying a lot of good things but like one thing that she said that i was like oh my gosh she was like when i graduated like i was more teacher than student and just thinking mm-hmm. about the ways that like kids of color are just like yeah i just like want to go to school like be an english major maybe like join a club just have fun have that college experience and then depending on like where you go and like what you get into and like the climate of your university you can be doing so much like other work and like a lot of unpaid work as far as like educating or like doing like anti-racist or anti-sexist or like if you're doing stuff about like rape culture and consent like doing that work on a college campus and just like thinking about how kids are going into that and then kids are just like being poor and going into spaces where like everyone is rich or everyone is like white if they're coming from like an urban or a more like diverse neighborhood and just thinking about the way that you just are not prepared for that and thinking about like ways we can prepare those students for that better so that's me so the first thing that we wanted to talk about this week um or this episode is the nate parker um just everything that's been happening with him just uh, i put i'll put two things in the reading list one is like an interview that he did with ebony magazine and one is an article in the establishment by marissa janae johnson who's actually like do you remember back like last year when i think this is in seattle like these chitches like got up on stage and we're like yelling at bernie sanders yeah yeah she's was like she one, one of them, them. yeah oh, wow. <laughs> and i and she like is a is a writer too and this is a really good thing um so i'm gonna put them both in the reading list but just a little background so nate parker is like a writer director producer and actor and he did all of these things in this movie the birth of a nation which i remember like it's about um the nat turner like slave rebellion i honestly don't really know like much about it um i but i remember it's like a remake of the original no it's it has the same like name as the horrible racist film the birth of a nation but it isn't it's oh, not, it's like a completely different concept. Yeah, it's completely different. Oh, wow. I mm-hmm. thought they were just remaking Birth of a Nation. Yeah, that's what I thought as well in the beginning. But it's, no, it's like a, about a totally different thing. Oh, wow. It just like is reappropriating the title, which is cool. Like Birth of a Nation is like really disgusting. Yeah, it's um, trash. <laughs> complete trash and that's another thing that reminds me of like my colonization because everyone's like praises this film and it's just like this is racist garbage you can only be white and praise that film like those are the only two like venn diagram things that fit i like had to watch it in at least two of my classes and i can't remember what classes they were but like i literally couldn't even look at it like to see people in blackface for me was just like really disturbing it was like watching a horror film like i couldn't even look at it I don't know if it was for like a pop culture class or if it was like an African-American studies class, but like either way, like cannot look at that. But yeah, it just is the same name. It's not, it's not related to it. Um, it was like a indie film or whatever. And it was sold to Fox Searchlight for $17.5 million, which was like humongous. I like don't go to the movies. Like I didn't really (laughs) intend on seeing this film in the first place, but like I was interested in like the fact that like it had happened. It had sold for so much money. Because that was a big deal. But I wasn't like, yep, I'm definitely going to see this like slave movie about a rebellion. I was like, cool, like that it exists. Some people will watch that and like are into that thing. I'm not the one. But, and I had never heard of like Nate Parker either. But like in him mm-hmm. doing like the press and like learning about him and like this big movie that he did, Um, there was an interview with him in Variety. I... I'm I'm looking at the um the Marissa Johnson piece in the establishment and it says yeah. like um a little known fact was addressed in the interview like I don't know how that came up I don't know if I've read the variety interview or not but it says like 
it, it has come up that he was accused of rape during his time at Penn State back in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's all like happening in the past few weeks. A lot has come out about the rape and then the, the trial and like there was transcripts um, from like their conversations afterward. And it came out also that the woman committed suicide and that she like Nate Parker and his one of his friends and like other people that he knew like were harassing her on campus. And like in the trial he was um acquitted and like one of his friends was also accused and he was he was convicted but then mm-hmm. he was later appealed it was like later appealed all that stuff is like recently coming out so wait oh, sorry. a quick clarification mm-hmm. the one who was convicted and then later like appeal that decision also part of birth of a nation right right he's like a co-writer or something okay i had never heard of him either but i don't know if he's like involved in like media or if he just is his friend who like helped in the movie but um yeah he was convicted but then overturned or appealed but yeah so a lot of people were saying like well he's canceled like i'm not gonna see the movie or like i don't like i'm not interested in this anymore and then a lot of people were also like well obviously a lot of people are rape apologists like we know that Mm -hmm. and we see that all the time whenever someone is like accused of rape so a lot of people were like oh you're just like trying to bring him down people were like it's a conspiracy to like because of this movie and it's like it's a historical thing that happened like you can just read the wikipedia page about like not turn the state rebellion it's not like this movie was going to like start a big revolution or anything like it's history it's a thing that people know about um people were like why are you bringing it up it was so long ago i loved that because it was like he's making a film about slavery which is even longer ago so yes things in history like have relevance what the fuck how are you like yeah. oh this thing happened 17 years ago so it's not important meanwhile like this film is about slavery, <laughs> which is very long ago so that was hilarious um but then recently let me see he also made a statement that was very weird he was like oh i can't believe like people aren't being supportive of me especially like the black community it's really sad i was acquitted so clearly i didn't do this and also he's like i have a family i go to church so he said something like uh i was it was 17 years ago like i have changed a lot um a few weeks ago but then this interview just happened um on august 27th we're recording on august 31st so just a few days ago and after this interview there was like even more conversation so many people were like i saw one tweet that was like i was sobbing as i read it like i've never seen a black man talk about rape culture like that i was so inspired and even in the article that i or the essay that like i'll put in the reading list it's called let's not pretend nate parker has redeemed himself so there was also that conversation that's like okay literally the waka flocka okay meme like after reading this interview which was my reaction i like wasn't planning on reading the interview i was seeing like it all over my timeline it was like must read and i was like no i'll pass <laughs> i but i was seeing a lot of like the different responses to it and so i was like okay fine like i guess i'll read it so i can like be culturally culturally relevant um and my initial reaction well I was like rolling my eyes throughout the whole thing and like really hated it and I was like why are people like having their whole lives changed over this horrible interview he's so stupid and people were acting like feminism it was was like you know how people are like obsessed with like male feminism and when a man says like patriarchy exists and it's bad they're like oh my god here's a life supply of cookies for you and I was like we need to stop doing that he deserves no cookies he's a rapist so 
Yeah. Uh, well, I know that you brought up um, perhaps touching on like, did you use restorative justice as the phrase? I don't know if I said that in what we've already said, but I or I texted <laughs> like <laughs> that part of the conversation. Yeah, because I think it's like, hold on, let me make sure that he says this in the interview. Does he mention he was like not found guilty in the interview? Um, I know that he's like talked about it in yeah. his like statement before. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think that he does. Because I just find it um, concerning that he kind of, at the same time of claiming that rape culture is a real thing, also being like, well, I wasn't, is the term acquitted? Mm -hmm. I wasn't acquitted, so that must mean that I'm innocent. Because those two things, in my mind, aren't. It's like the fact that rape culture exists is the reason why you Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what it does. Um, he but, says, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you can go. The thing that annoyed me, init- like many things annoyed me in it, but initially just this idea that like conversations about rape culture, consent, whatever, like sexism are new or like are just happening mm-hmm. like today and now. I know that it's happening a lot on college campuses more than it was, but it's not like that's it wasn't happening on Penn State campus 17 years ago. Like no one had ever said anything about like consent culture. But I also was seeing like tweets that were like, if a man was assaulted or like touched without consent by another man, like he'd be like, yes, like, like I didn't consent to that. Like there would be no question about it. Mm-hmm. And so just like thinking about like, like all the ways that people are socialized to understand like boundaries like what's okay and like in this case this woman was unconscious and there's a transcript of like a conversation that she had with him where she's like like did you wear a condom like I don't know what happened like how many people did I have sex with like she's like didn't you realize that like I wasn't conscious and he's like oh you didn't say no so like I assume that was like you're into it and it's like the idea that I'm like I know that like men just like want to validate their like rape apologists like thoughts and feelings but I'm just not gonna believe that you didn't you're just now realizing that that is wrong and like not okay and not a thing that you should do like come on now yeah I'm also like increasingly becoming more over with people just being like oh well like no is like the response to that question if you want me to stop like that's the only possible response and it's like first of all the fact that like you can't have any sort of like I don't even know what even to call it just like recognition empathy kind of like being aware of the way that someone else is feeling because I feel like most well I don't actually even know because this also reminds me of that we kind of like chatted about it through text but that whole like how to talk to a woman with headphones right conversation where it's like generally if someone has headphones they're into their own thing they're not trying to like start conversations with you they're not like seeking something out and same thing with other sort of situation I don't know I just feel like just because she doesn't say no doesn't mean that she wants to have sex like that's just or anyone really not just she it's just like that makes no logic like in my mind that's not a logical like thought process that's not how you should go about it but I'm also not socialized to believe that Mm -hmm. it's okay to just go up to someone or to do like an action to another person without them kind of inviting me to do that action like I just can't in my mind comprehend that so the fact that he's still kind of backing that up with like oh rape culture exists but at the time she didn't say it well did he say that recently the at the time she didn't say no or was that before? No, that was just in the like the tran the transcript of the phone call. 
Oh, okay. But yeah, I just... But he, yeah, he does, like, use really problematic language. He's, like, he's, like, said it was a threesome. And he's, like, oh, well, I was just, like, you just, like, want to get all the girls at that age. If someone, like, says, want to have a threesome, it's, like, okay. It's, like, oh, that's terrifying. And then the interviewer was, like, did you think about, like, the rape or the person at all, like, in the past 17 years? And he literally says, I had not thought about it at all. But, yeah, going back to what you are saying, it's just, like, people need to be honest about the fact that they're ignoring like literal social cues and not be dense and be like well she's like wearing headphones so yeah I just approached her and like tried to talk to her because it's like clearly that's not and like a, an invitation to talk to someone if they're yeah. wearing headphones or if yeah. someone doesn't like say like the word no like there's other social cues that you can get from people mm-hmm. that like show that they don't want to engage with you being unconscious or like being almost like blackout like that's that's a sign like come on now I'm supposed to believe that you didn't you don't know that yeah and like one of my biggest pet peeves that also a lot of I mean I don't know if college campuses are still doing that but like when we had like our freshman orientation my year and we had like someone talk to us about like how to be safe at parties and like that sort of thing one of the things that people always frame sexual encounters as is like this ambiguous like we're giving each other mixed signals like I don't know what's happening like and it's like no like encounters aren't most of the time like that I feel like it's not like oh like I don't know if she wants to have sex or not like they just frame it as a almost like well, you can never know. Like, I don't know. It's just like a very weird framing of like the sexual assault discussion that always is like, well, I wasn't sure kind Mm -hmm. of like, and that's kind of like the easy way out. It's like, I didn't know. So like, this is what happened. Feel bad for me now because I violated this person, but like, I didn't know that I was doing that. So let me off the hook. And that's just like, so like dumb to me. Like that makes no sense. And it, completely disregards the other person's humanity I'm just like over it and I can't like I don't know like I do see the fact that someone can be apologetic about something that's happened in the past like I do think that like people do come to the conclusion like oh wow like I really hurt this person but like the fact that he's also like I haven't thought about her just makes me think like are you that like apologetic about it like do you understand the implications of what you've done I don't know yeah I the thing that you're saying about like I didn't understand I just it's like you're lying like you did understand you do understand social cues you do know what the fuck you're doing and you're you don't care and that is really upsetting to me and annoying Mm -hmm. but the thing about him being like oh yeah I didn't think about her for at all in the past 17 years I understand that like people want or men are like socialized to think that they have like a right to women's bodies in ways that women are not and so like I can understand why they will take advantage of a woman because they get like different socialization that makes them think that they have like a right to that and we so like I understand that like on a level and that why he would like not think about her in 17 years because like like that's clearly showing that you 
you don't get it like you don't understand mm-hmm. and you don't think that like what you did was like a crime like even in yeah. and in um marissa johnson's piece she talks about him saying like even like first of all the reason that this is an even coming out at all is because he wants people to like still see his fucking movie like he doesn't have any yeah. remorse for the victim but um he's saying like oh i'm sorry that like i said these things that were problematic and it's like and she says that's not like why people are that's why people give a shit it's because you raped and harassed someone like that's why you're you're coming under fire it's not because you said like you didn't know what rape culture was until yesterday which is a falsehood but i definitely like see how men just like will do these things to women and like not understand that it's like sexual assault I don't I don't know like to me it's like really idiotic but I was also like assaulted in college and I I definitely like I'm 100% sure like the person assaulted me does not think that like they assault me and they're just like yeah that was like a casual thing Mm -hmm. yeah let me see um I like am doing some real like um prep for this episode and I screenshotted tweets (laughs) (laughs) um let me see okay so there was also a thing about him being like in the interview the interviewer is like so you learned a lot about rape culture and toxic masculinity like over the past few weeks like what are you gonna do now and of course nat turner the the, like stories about like leading a slave rebellion like he wants he thinks that he's nat turner like reincarnated he wants to like lead a revolution and he's like yeah like i definitely like have learned so much like i definitely want to like speak to men about consent and like be that kind of person and it's like no you can't do that you like you learned about rape culture two weeks ago so first of all never like I don't want any like rapist or accused rapist like telling other people about like how to not be that that just seems like traumatic to me um but also that's literally you're literally profiting off of this crime that you committed and so I was seeing like people talking about that and obviously a lot of people like don't think that he committed a crime or like that the it was rape and like this person who he assaulted is dead so you're only getting his side of the story I think that's really problematic but like um people are talking about how like being a rapist or accused rapist doesn't ruin your life doesn't ruin your career and like we've seen this so many times with like famous people who've been accused of sexual assault or rape or whatever child molestation like whatever and yet we're still we're still hear people be like oh my god like don't like you need all the facts before you can say they're rapists like that is like such a horrible thing to say it'll ruin their life and it's like no mm-hmm. he's literally like oh yeah i'm gonna be an activist about this now okay i think that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the next topic let me see if i have a date for this this is a football player for um yeah oh, okay. he's in the 49ers which is a apparently a san francisco thing clearly i don't know anything about sports so <laughs> I, I had never heard of this human or even the 49ers until really yeah oh my god why would i have like known about that? i don't know i guess that's true <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know like new york sports teams was it last Thursday, I think? I mean, maybe. I've, I've seen people talking about it, like, all week long, but... It was on Friday of... I don't know how accurate we want to be. Apparently, he did it all preseason, though. Right, yeah. Like, I saw that it was, like, time. not the first time, yeah. Um. So, this chitch's name is Colin Kaepernick. He's on the... Is it San Francisco 49ers? Is that, like, how you say that? Well, you could just say 49ers if you want. I think it's, like, implied that San Francisco. I guess they sing the national anthem at some point. Don't know if it's 
before. Look at him. I did read it, but who the fuck cares? He didn't <laughs> stand and sing. I and this is a, like this came up with Gabby Douglas like last yeah. recently too. But it was just like she didn't put her hand over her heart. So there was just like mm-hmm. all these like dumb rules that you need to do um, when the national anthem is playing. Like Gabby Douglas just said like she forgot or she was like overwhelmed. But he he was protesting, which I'm obsessed with. And he um he did an interview like like after his protest um let me he said um he said he's going to continue to sit he's going to continue to stand with people that are being oppressed he says when there is significant change and i feel like the flag represents what it's supposed to represent that this country is representing people the way it's supposed to then i'll stand and he says there's a lot of things that need to change one specifically police brutality there's people being unjustly and not being held accountable people are being given paid leave for killing people that's not right that's not right by anyone's standards um but he also says like even though he's been ill-treated the stand wasn't for me and it wasn't because he felt like he was being like put down in any way but that he's seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice people that don't have a platform to talk and to have their voices heard and affect change so he's in a position where he can do that and he can like stand up for people who who don't have a voice so that happened of course the whites were up in arms still are to this day about a full (laughs) week later i was shocked still i am shocked that this is happening um we'll get to the fact that like it became about the military of course but initially i was just like i don't like feel any sort of like nationalist pride to america obviously Mm -hmm. um i'm like not like my family is pretty new to america (laughs) so i and i don't even the national anthem is like not a bop unless it's being sung by a black woman so whatever i didn't know that people were so like obsessed with it and like showing standing and putting your hand on your heart for it and like that was the worst thing that you could do especially i was seeing so many things about like how nfl players like get away with like rape sexual assault domestic violence like uh, physical assault and it's like whatever and even like people were talking about that chit ryan lochte who like when he was at the olympics <clears throat> in brazil like filed a for- false robbery claim just because like he was drunk and belligerent in a gas station and people were like oh he's just like a white boy like having fun whatever he's a kid and it's like okay like this is a athlete who like literally committed a crime and you're like whatever kids being kids and this is a person just sitting down for the national anthem and it's like the worst thing that's ever happened in the world they're like okay i'm never like support they're like burning jerseys with his name on it yeah i mean definitely gabby douglas was more scrutinized for not putting her hand over her heart than he was for (laughs) that entire first of all he lied he like made up a story right about being kidnapped or something, which is, like, not a cute thing to make up. Um, or he was robbed at gunpoint, I think. Right, yeah, was. that's what he said. And it's, like, they were, like, okay, it's fine. We still love you. We still support you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just the fact that football players can get away with being, like, violent towards women particularly mm-hmm. just having like um very i feel like anger is kind of like praise in that sort of environment like it's encouraged like right, yeah. and that's somehow more in line with like what america should be because i feel like um even though football was literally like appropriated from native americans it's become kind of like america's right. like sport mm-hmm. like just the fact that like no other country cares about american football like no one literally right. gives a shit besides America. So it's kind of America's baby and not standing for the pledge 
or whatever national anthem that's like a huge thing but beating up women that's like as american as it gets um so that's totally like whatever like we're fine with that like just let him play football like it's not that serious but not standing up for the pledge white people are falling out of their seats they're freaking out because it's like how can you not support and also another rhetoric um another kind of thing that people are constantly saying is like oh like America has done so much for you like we've done so much for you like why are you betraying us now like why are you against us mm-hmm. now and it's like you actually haven't done anything haven't for done me. like you haven't done anything like okay like this guy like is in the NFL he probably has some sponsors he's probably making cute money that's about it like you guys are still racist you guys are still like he clearly feels like this isn't his country because this country is largely for white people so even if he is like part of a prestigious football team like he has fans whatever like you're still treating him not great because he is protesting racism in America which he probably faces so I just don't understand um kind of just thinking like oh why or also it reminds me of like if you don't like this place leave and it's like um my pe my like ancestors were from North America you just colonized the entire place and it's like what what's going on here yeah and he even said like specifically he was like he said in his interview he was like I've experienced racism yes but like I also like have a very privileged life and Mm -hmm. this is me taking a stand for other black people who like are not in that position and people this is like making me really annoyed and like this whole thing is making me so annoyed but it's just like white people just don't care about facts they will read an interview and still be like well you've had a privileged life so what are you saying and like people are he is adopted and by like a white family and people were like well your family is white so like why are you complaining but he's not white right and it's and then i saw people being like wait so are you saying like white families have a better life interesting like that's exactly what we're saying yeah that's true i saw this tweet um from Brittany packnet and i've just been thinking about it like so much this was um four days ago according to the twitter and it says racism is irrational at its root therefore racists will never make sense they will always be hypocrites and i've just been thinking about that so much much in like the conversation that has been coming out of this because in just so many ways like white people are being so fucking hypocritical in so many ways like I've seen so many good first of all tweets because like that is the number one source of information and citation that we have for this podcast I didn't really read any like of the articles on this even though I'm sure they were really good just because like I don't give a shit about the national anthem and its racist history like whatever who cares it's a fucking song but like first of all you know white people will always be like oh these people are so offended like or like PC culture is ruining America and it's like you're literally setting to fire a shirt with this man's name on it because he didn't stand for the national anthem and they're being like so dramatic who are like wait there's Mm -hmm. wait can I read this tweet because I think you're gonna reference Mm -hmm. it it was like whites this generation is so sensitive (laughs) also whites my heart is exploding my lungs are without air my blood is boiling my body is shaking and tears are running down my face Colin Kaepernick is of the for- San Francisco 49ers is refusing to stand for the national anthem. <laughs> literally what? Yeah, literally that is exactly what she's saying. Like <laughs> racism will always be irrational. Racism will always be hypocritical. And then it's the same thing about like free speech. People are like always talking about how much they love free speech. Well, mm-hmm. this is free speech. This is, this free is a speech. protest. And every yeah. single Black Lives Matter protest is exactly free speech. So how mm-hmm. are you saying in one breath, like I love free speech, like we have to fight for it. And yeah, 
an act of protest and an act of someone exercising their free speech. You hate that. Yes, racism is irrational. Racism will always be hypocritical. And then the last one that I saw was like, um, like juxtaposing it with um Trump and the whole Trump campaign, where his slogan is literally "Make America Great Again," very clearly implying that America is not great, which is exactly what this chitch said in his like post interview. He's like, "America needs to do better." Like people who are black are oppressed here, and like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, "If you don't like America, like then leave." I saw. Let me see this tweet that it was. It literally changed my life. I was like. Oh my god. Okay, I found it. He goes, this is from Bomani Jones. He says, of note, there's a big campaign entirely based on how great America is not, but no one tells them to leave. But Kaepernick, dot, dot, dot. And it's like, yeah, when I see like white people being like, make America great again, like I feel like now I should start being like, you don't think America's great? Then go back to where you came from. It's like, that doesn't make, how are you doing both of these things at yeah. once? And then people are being like, oh, well, you're rich. So like, how can you say America's not great? Well, that's exactly what Donald Trump is doing as well. Like he's rich. He's always talking about America's mm-hmm. not great. It was just making me get <laughs> that tweet that you read about the blood boiling. That's how I fall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're all being so fucking stupid. And racism is irrational. Racists will always be hypocrites. I literally love that tweet. And so I'm just, like, tired of any sort of conversation, like, with... Obviously, like, there's, like, white people who are, like, learning and unlearning and, like, care about this issue. But, like, there's so many who just don't give a shit and, like, will be so hypocritical. And, like, there's no reason to even engage with these people because that's just their thing like being irrational being hypocritical not giving a fuck about facts facts do not matter to them so there's literally no point in engaging with them that's the thing that children of color going to college should know just like don't even bother don't waste your breath do you have anything to add before i want to talk about like how this randomly became about the military and like veterans no, you can do I don't that. even think that he was like saying anything about like disrespecting the flag, which in the same way that I'm shocked that people care so much about the song, like the American flag, people are also like, how dare you disrespect that flag? Like people die for you every day. Like it's literally a piece of fabric what the fuck mm-hmm. and so then it, it just like became about the military there was that hashtag like veterans for Kaepernick which was like in one way like I was glad to see that because a lot of people who were upset about this Kaepernick thing were like speaking for veterans and being like well they fought and died for you and then veterans are being like I am like whatever in the military like fighting for people to protest obviously fucking hate the military industrial complex so I was like uh, like I don't really know like how I feel about this I don't know like I don't really obviously like white people just conflate like American nationalism like with the military but his stand like had nothing to do with that at all and so I don't and the conversation just like completely shifted well I feel like that happens so often where not supporting America is automatically like oh you don't care about the people that fought for our country it's like like, I don't know yeah I do (laughs) but also like I wasn't even saying that so you're automatically like subscribing to an ideology that I was never talking about right um and I am anti-military in fact (laughs) like if we're gonna bring that up like might as well um but it's just like so and it's also like that also reminds me that like America doesn't care about veterans either like they literally don't give a shit about once people come back from war and are having like PTSD like they whatever like benefits packages like they're constantly like not doing Mm -hmm. anything for them white people literally just are into the fact of celebrating themselves and being able to do whatever they want to do say whatever they want to do and if anyone else is like in slight contrast to that it's like no you're against us like you're 
against America, like, leave, get out, it's the end of you and me. Yeah, because, like, in the veterans for Kaepernick hashtag, I saw one veteran who's like, oh, I fought, like, in the army for, like, this many years, like, and then when I came back, like, I still don't have, like, VA healthcare benefits. Um, she's like, hashtag veterans for Kaepernick. And so when that hashtag came up, we were like, well, like, what are white races going to say about this? <laughs> like, how are they going <laughs> to, like, hate this? And someone was like, oh, I guess Obamacare didn't work for you. And it's like, so you don't give a fuck about veterans. And you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> clearly. So what really is the issue here? A black person is, like, talking. A black person is taking up space. And you are a racist. Exactly. That's clearly it. This is another yeah. thing about the, like, when blue lives matter, like, is a thing Mm -hmm. it's like so people say all lives matter like you counter that with black with all lives matter when people say black lives matter i don't know if i like twisted that um but then when people say blue lives matter you're not like oh no all lives matter so literally the only difference is the word black so clearly you hate black people i just can't Mm -hmm. deal with like all these stupid like contradictions it's like completely pointless to even try to make sense of the shit that has been coming up I just feel like everything is a protection of, like, white violence. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all we want to keep doing. Like, even stuff like Second Amendment, like, corn gains, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're only going to protect you as long as you're white and you want to shoot things. Like, we like that. We like police. We like military. Like, we want to say our free speech, and by that we mean hate speech. But if you want to, like, protest something that's actually affecting, like, millions of people, well, not okay on our watch. It's like you literally don't give a fuck about justice or freedom or rights or free speech you just want that for yourself and then you get mad at people when they don't have and they they speak about it how the fuck does that make any sense if you love free speech so much i would just be so much more like i don't know maybe slightly less angry i can't even like promise that but if people would just be like yeah i'm racist exactly like okay Because we already know that. They just keep using rhetoric that, like, is inherently contradictory to their own cause as a way to defend, like, white supremacy. And it's like, just go ahead and say you're white supremacist. say that you're racist. We already know that you are. But then they'll literally be like, oh, my God, you said the word white people. You're a racist. How dare you call me a racist? It's the worst thing ever. It's like, I called you racist because of your racist actions and racist speech. And then here's another tweet. It's like, it's like a conversation tweet. So it's white people. Black people should protest peacefully. Black person sits quietly during the national anthem. White people not like that. It's yeah. like, I just, I just can't. This is really the year of realizing stuff, as Kylie Jenner said. And I'm realizing yeah. that racism is irrational. Racists will always be hypocrites. So. Okay. Yeah. Our last topic. This is, okay, and I also found Alicia Keys' quote about her whole, like, no makeup thing. Oh, so okay. this is, like, a ge- our general topic now. Um, we do have a good article. It's called Freeing the Female Form. Um, it's in Pace Magazine by Shannon M. Houston or Houston. Don't know how she says her last name. And but we're also thinking about Alicia Keys. Like she's doing a whole thing about like not wearing makeup. Like she's had she just doesn't. She's on The Voice, I guess. Like as a judge, and so she's not wearing makeup on that. And she didn't wear makeup to the um the VMAs, which just happened. So like a lot of people were talking about that. And then um what were you thinking about with post baby bodies? Was that about Tiana Taylor or well? Well, it was mainly to the reaction to the fade video that I saw mm-hmm. from 
a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So just all those things about like women's bodies, women's faces, and just all the conversation that is happening about that. Here's the quote from Alicia Keys. This is back in May. She goes, I don't want to cover up anymore. Not my face, not my mind, not my soul, not my thoughts, not my dreams, not my struggles, not my emotional growth, nothing. And I don't even, I don't watch The Voice. And this is back in May, but I feel like it's like much more recently that people are really talking about her no makeup thing because of the VMAs. And so then she made another post that was like, just because I'm not wearing makeup doesn't mean I'm anti-makeup like do whatever you want but um yeah that was I was annoyed by that because it's like Alicia Keys is so beautiful she's like light skin she has perfect skin she looks a little tired like without makeup but she still looks very beautiful it's like I'm all for like the politics of makeup and beauty especially with women of color but okay someone on the internet like said you didn't look pretty because you like don't have concealer you're gonna be fine like it's not really radical for like super beautiful rich women to not wear makeup uh, I'm bored oh, no. especially because for so many women if you don't wear it, it's like you're discriminated against right like you're seen as unprofessional like etc cetera, etc cetera. and also um I'm to be honest anti-people that are I mean, if you just don't wear makeup naturally, like you just don't wear it, that's fine. But like, Mm -hmm. I have a big problem with people who are actively against people who wear makeup because it's just like, it's more than just, first of all, for many women, we need it or else we're going to get fired from jobs. But second, it like is fun. Like I love makeup personally. Like I think it's so fun to just try out new products to like see what to play with. Like it just is fun for me. Like, and I've liked it for a really long time since I was a kid. So when people are just like, oh, like, I mean, I don't know what Alicia Keys like meant by like, I don't want to cover up my face. I want to free my mind, like, et cetera, et cetera. But I just feel like it's like, this is a thing that people want to do. Or when people are like against like, I don't know. I feel like there's a big resurgence in makeup recently. I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, But like all over the internet, like people are like, constantly talking about contouring like their fave beauty brands in ways that I hadn't seen before because I was like I started watching like YouTube tutorials in eighth grade and beauty gurus and stuff were like that was the only place where I saw that kind of stuff and now I'm seeing it like happening just like all over like Twitter and Tumblr well I don't really use Tumblr anymore but I'm seeing it like a lot more um and I like it like I love talking about makeup and I like to share like stuff about that but I do also agree that there definitely is is a certain um something for like one alicia keys being like slightly criticized for not wearing makeup versus like other women who are kind of like you need to wear makeup because you're not appealing to my eyes or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely bored by like so-called feminist conversations about like how makeup is problematic and even like coming from men who like aren't even trying to be feminist because i saw so many things i saw like a tweet that was like a man had screenshotted a lot of women um talking about how alicia keys looked and he was like see it isn't men who like hate women or like do bad things or like say bad things at women I was like um it is and every single day on this app I see men being horribly sexist to women you Mm -hmm. just want to use this like against women because you hate women and people hate talking or like hate and trivialize like conversations about makeup because they hate women like let's just start there obviously I don't think that like women should or like women and feminine people like should feel like they need to wear makeup to be beautiful or to be respectful or to like not be 
literally murdered like especially when we think about like queer and trans women Mm -hmm. and like the politics of like their looks but that's where we live so like let's start with that when we were talking about like conversations about makeup and conversations about like women and how their body looks because we can literally experience violence like for the way that we look like so like obviously it's cool that Alicia Keys isn't wearing makeup like I think makeup is fun I also like need to wear makeup or I look literally terrible um so it's like cool that she's not wearing makeup like if we didn't have to ever do that that'd be cool but we also need to be honest about the fact that like for someone who is beautiful like with or without makeup versus someone who is who is like not thin and rich and light-skinned and like doesn't even have like bad skin or who is like trans or who is alternatively able to like all the different ways that like you can exist in your like female feminine body it's like it's it's like not the same your experience of not wearing makeup okay like there were some mean tweets okay but like I was just really bored by that and annoyed i was like i just felt like people were focusing on like the wrong thing yeah what were you thinking about um oh well i just (laughs) so much with that like I didn't watch the VMAs. I was like on Twitter and like doing other stuff. So like I saw like basically my entire TL was VMA talk. But I saw like the fade video premiere during the VMAs at the VMAs Mm. around that time span. Everyone was freaking out over Tiana's how you say her name, right? Mm -hmm. Tiana Taylor's uh, being featured in that video. And everyone's like, first of all, people were like, I'm not eating anymore. Like I have to go work out all the time, which is very like, I was like, can we not do the whole like I there's just so many things wrong with that and just being like workout inspiration like oh my god she's so beautiful like you're like there's ugly. no excuses like look yeah. at her she just had a baby why are you yeah, still exactly fat? also that it's just like there's so much that is so like all of that is so so harmful and I'm just like are we're still doing this and I know that like fat phobia is so so ingrained into our society and people really need to like just like open their eyes or grow up and kind of like challenge this head on and just I also saw people on Twitter talking about how like saying beauty privilege isn't like just kind of questioning and examining beauty privilege and maybe privilege isn't the right word to use but like there definitely is like you have more power if you look a certain way like there's like no denying that and like sure you're still like you can be like certain other isms but there's also people who are hurt by not looking a certain way if that makes sense. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like over the way that people analyze things because they don't want to like see themselves being in a more privileged position than someone else. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, it's not that hard to examine because you're not the one that's getting hurt by these like societal factors. Like, sorry, like I saw it with like, this is even true for like everyone. This is why I don't say like, or I don't like to say all POC anymore because it's like, we're not all affected by the same things and not affected in the same way. I just like, I'm sick of people mm-hmm. not looking at things in a nuanced way. So with this, I was just like, like, we're still doing this. We're still thinking that like, A, um, I was also reading some stuff about like the book that I'm reading about, like being pregnant with the stars, watching right, me wanting yeah. the celebrity baby bump. Um, The author talks about like the post baby body and how in early 2000s when, what's her name was pregnant? Uh, hold on, let me get her name because I forgot it. Kristen Bell was pregnant and she was like, she's still like incredibly thin, post baby and she's like I don't want to like like I don't have like x amount of time to work out like blah 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 like I just gave birth to a baby like y'all should be focusing on that 
yada yada which is like and Blake Lively recently said something about this and like we're all obsessed with like Kim Kardashian post baby and Atiana Taylor like these like almost impossible um like they most of the time are impossible uh ideals yeah to kind of like fucking impossible yeah but even just like assuming that within like two three months of giving birth like all of this weight needs to come off for you to be like all right now I'm better again like I just like gave birth to baby and now like I'm back to my normal self as if first of all a like you're not being yourself when you're pregnant like you're the exact same person you just happen to be growing a child inside of you um but it also just kind of reminds me of how like disjointed this kind of like how like positive incarnations of what we consider dutiful of a body to be like I feel like when people think of like positive attributes of a body they think okay healthy and functional are what it means to have a good body and it's like both of those are fucked up for a lot of different reasons but like I just feel like there's not even any consistency with these kind of lines of arguments same with what we're talking about there's no consistency in a racist argument you're just making it because you want to police the way that people act and the way people look like that's basically the crux of what I see here so I'm just like I'm over like encouraging people not to eat to look a certain way like I'm over policing what people look like without giving birth and also after like during the time that they're giving birth because I also see a lot of times like I remember when Kim was pregnant with um I forget if it was North or same but one of them like she gained a lot of weight and people were like okay magazine was like Kim's huge and that was like the big story and it's like yeah she's nursing a child so like she's literally giving life to something inside of her so like yeah she needs to I don't like the baby probably makes her have certain cravings like she probably probably wants to eat like certain things like it's just like this is just part of life like this is part of the human experience people look different ways and that's just fine like or just the fact that like seeing Tiana Taylor kind of how in the Pace magazine um article was like um Shannon Houston Houston as you also mentioned (laughs) she was just like okay Tiana Taylor I just saw a woman being like free being herself just Mm -hmm. like dancing and that's like all you should see Like, I guess you could be inspired, but like the answer to that shouldn't be like, why don't you look like this post baby? Like that just seems like the opposite answer of what should be coming from seeing a woman dancing on screen. But I guess like policing women's bodies is everyone's favorite activity. I feel like if you you look at celebrity bodies and like understand post baby bodies and understand those as like what a body needs to look like, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if like Tiana Taylor has had like plastic surgery or not, but like if you're a celebrity or a normal rich person and you wanted plastic surgery, you could get that done so easily. Like I remember like seeing one of the one of the moms in my family like in a swimsuit and she like um her kids are like under five and she like still has well she has like stretch marks and she still has like you know a not flat tummy and it's like that's like what a body looks like like how do none of these celebrities have like stretch marks on their bodies like that just isn't realistic like your your stomach literally gets humongous because there's a little person inside of it so to have like a month later like no evidence of that that just isn't I just don't believe that and like you should not believe that either like it all comes back to just like hating fat bodies um and just like projecting onto fat bodies just ideas that are made up it's like people hate fat bodies because like they don't think they're attractive they don't want to fuck them like that's that's the truth but like this idea that like oh like you're not healthy and like that is concerning to me it's like 
you don't give a fuck about people's health. And I was, um, this is like in, um, Lindy West was on like the This American Life podcast a few weeks ago. There was like an episode about being fat and she was talking about how like clearly this whole argument about health is a lie because mental health is a thing. And if you're like being a bully to someone because of their fat body, like you don't care about their health because you don't care about their mental health. Um, And that's something that I've always like thought about as well. Like this idea of like you caring about health and like how fake that is. You literally can't tell anything about someone's health from the way that their body looks like I'm thin. I've always been thin. There's like many people with fat bodies who are way more healthy and way more fit than I am. Like I literally am like heavy breathing going up a flight of stairs. I couldn't, I couldn't run any, any distance. Me couldn't even run down the block. Like, and I'm in a thin body. Like people think this is a healthy body. It's like, no, that's a lie. Can people be honest about that? No. Yeah. And, um, Tayana like also was talking about that. She's like, I don't work out. Like I eat like food that's not good for me. I hate when celebrities say that. I hate it too. I mean, I just, I'm just mad at everything, but (laughs) And the fact that people are like, okay, go to the gym, do this, blah, blah, blah. Not everyone's bodies is ever going to look like this. Right, exactly. Like, that's just not an idea. Like, no matter what people do, like, people all look different. And, like, some people, like, Kim Kardashian is literally, like, she's had surgery to look like that. No one looks like that. It's just complete. And maybe someone does, and that's them. But the fact of the matter is, like, most people can't look like the ideal that we're thinking of. And even the fact that, like, the average size for an American woman is a size 14. Mm -hmm. But everyone thinks it's, like, a size 4. No. That's complete. And size 14 is, like, plus size. So the fact that, like, more stores are for straight size women than for plus size women is already an issue. Like, what the hell? And I'm just so over, like, these stupid, like... I just hate, I'm mad. Yeah, the, like, obviously we have problems with the body posse movement, and we've, like, talked about that before, but, like, the whole thing about, like, there's no wrong way to, like, have a body or to live in your body is, like, comes from that, and I definitely think that is, like, something that people need to think about more. It's, like, this is, it's, like, not your body. Like, it belongs to, like, this person. Like, they can do whatever they want mm-hmm. with it. They can, like, live in it however they want to. And, like, it's none of your business. It's none of your business if, like, they got surgery, if they are eating. But just, like, for women and for femmes, it's, like, people will put politics, like, on your body, like, no matter what. No matter what you're doing. Like, no matter what you look like. They'll always have a problem. Yeah. I loved that video, though. Well, she looked amazing, but I was also just, like, this is, like, such a good video. You're, like, so good at dancing. You're so strong it was amazing yeah i didn't watch it but. what you should watch it it's like actually really good interesting it's like a good i was just video. i was already pre-annoyed because people were annoying on the internet so i was like i'm not engaging with this whatsoever no, i was talking about how i was pre-annoyed with the um nate parker entry before i read it but it is a really good music video um i really liked i was like just like open mouth the whole time like oh my god this is am- it was like it was amazing so i feel like is that it that's it definitely um okay here's what you need to do after listening to this go to our website sadgirlsclubpod.com follow us on twitter at sadgirlspodcast (laughs) um (laughs) and you can send us an email at sadgirlspodcast at gmail.com we do have bios on our website they're about two sentences each but you really do get to know us and you can like find out where we where else we are on the internet and follow us there um and we'll see you next week yes Well, you won't see us, but you'll hear from us. Bye. Bye.